Joy McGowan. I'm Denisha Simpson. And, and we, we are Resilient, Resilient Black, Black Women. A black woman gave us life. A black woman taught us to stand. When she sat down in the front, a black woman defied the man. When a black man rose up, it was a black woman that held his hand and gave him strength beyond themselves, something they could never understand. Black Welcome back to the podcast, y'all. Thank you so much for joining us back for our episode two. This episode two is all about grief. And... Um, as we get started, we're going to do what we always do, a little personal check-in. So, Denisha, how you feeling? Um, I'm feeling a little bit relaxed um, in my chair right now. We are um, going to be talking about grief. So I want to give this disclaimer that that can sometimes cause the body to begin feeling some heaviness. Um, that's just one example. And so feel free if you need to pause this, come back to it at a later time. I'm um, just making sure that while listening to this episode in particular, that you're in a safe space. Mm-hmm. And you're taking care of your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think like even just hearing you say that, like, oh, yeah, we're, we're talking about grief right now. <laughs> like right. it just kind of makes my body like take a little bit of a deeper breath mm-hmm. <laughs> and just kind of settle in and uh, know that some things may even come up for me and that that's okay. Um, But grief is, it is hard for all of us. As we start with this conversation on grief, we want to kind of start off by just kind of defining what grief is. Denisha, how would you uh, describe that in your own words? Um, It's a reaction, a response to a loss, Um, an emotional reaction, physical, spiritual, um, mental response to loss any type of loss yeah grief is often described as the loss of a loved one um whose life uh was really important to you grief can be um, also caused by like a really stressful event or a cause of a major emotional crisis um i mean if we just think about what has been happening to all of us in these last two years, um, major emotional crisis, global pandemic. Um, grief is something that I think that we are, are all able to kind of relate to right now. I think the thing that I like that we always kind of say when it comes to grief is that it's not just a person that can make like a, the loss of a loved one that can make you die um, or make you feel sad or, or anxious But it's also like transitions are hard. Um, It's also losing out on opportunities. Um, It's also, I would even say it's also like seeing moments of injustice over and over and over again. Like that is the reason to feel grief in your body. Um, And when I think through grief, y'all, like there's so many different things about like the stages of grief. There's like a five stage of grief, 12 steps of grief. There's a seven stage of grief. But the reality is like grief kind of push you through lots of different emotions. There's denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. Um, there's all these different things. And I think sometimes we we think that those stages are like linear Like you go through one and then you go through the next and you kind of just like work your way through. I think it feels more like a circle, like you're just bouncing back and forth (laughs) all through these different places that maybe sometimes I'm angry. Maybe sometimes I'm like, I'm still in shock. Um, Maybe I go back to being sad and depressed, Um, but you're kind of like bouncing through it. As we process grief, we really want to just be able to acknowledge in this session about 
what happens to your body. Tanisha, tell us a little bit about like what are some things that kind of happen to our body when we start to experience grief? Um, as I said um, a couple of minutes ago, that heaviness, um, some of those physical symptoms that we can go to our PCP for and say, oh, I've been having migraines lately um, or my stomach's been hurting. Um, all of that can be just unprocessed grief. Yeah, the grief can cause like physical back pain, mm-hmm. physical joint pain, headaches and stiffness. Grief, when it gets held in the body, it can be like stuck in like the limbic structures of your brain. Um, it can make you just feel really overwhelmed with emotions. Um, grief can have you driving into work and all of a sudden you just start crying. And you don't even really have a reason. Like you weren't thinking about the person or the thing that you lost. You're just crying, right? I think oftentimes grief shows up in very physical ways in our bodies when we don't acknowledge it um, with a safe other. And so we hope to kind of just help our community really be able to understand when grief is showing up um, in their, their own bodies. But I think we also have like some maladaptive ways of things that we use to process grief. And so... That, that could be I'm trying to suppress it, trying to hold it in, trying to make myself believe that like I'm okay, nothing's wrong with me. Um, it, it could also mean like turning to something to comfort me, whether it's a substance, um, like alcohol or drugs or whatever, and, and maybe not even like using it so, so much mm-hmm. that like I feel like I have a problem, mm-hmm. but maybe I'm just drinking a little bit more than normal every mm-hmm. single day. Um, since the event happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are all things that I hope that we recognize. Like we're doing these things to comfort our bodies. Yeah. That's the body's way of trying to find that comfort. Exactly. Fill that void, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. The body is trying to comfort itself. Mm-hmm. So I say this, the phrase maladaptive, which sounds like bad. Like these are bad coping skills. But I guess I kind of want to reframe mm-hmm. <laughs> the bad coping skill to say that the body's trying to comfort yeah. itself. <laughs> and it makes sense why you would turn to those things. Um, but it's also important to us to kind of just mention some more appropriate ways to fill that void and that comfort. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we'll talk a little bit more about that at the end. I think mm-hmm. it's also important to kind of process like how culture and grief uh, kind of come up. I think in some ways, like when I just think about black culture, I think in some ways we have, and maybe this is everybody's culture too, like there are really good ways that people in their respective cultures like honor the dead, but then there are also really like unhelpful ways where we like approach death and grief and um, coping with that. And so like I think through how in black culture we always talk about the ancestors, right? We're always like we want to honor the ancestors or like Mm -hmm. the ancestors are with me here now, you know. And so we have like this awareness that like people die and then they become ancestors to us, like these really important people in our life. But at the same time, like when granny dies, maybe we ignore the fact that granny died. Right. And celebrating her life so much and honoring it um, and knowing that she's gone to a better place. Right. Yeah. However, what happens with that sadness of we can't go to her house on Sunday after church anymore? Um, My sister mentioned not too long ago, she she was like, oh, I wanted to go see Granji. 
And my grandmother lived until she was 95 years old. Hope I didn't get that wrong. I'll hear about it. <laughs> but until she was about 95 years old. And so some of those things, that's, that muscle has just built, like church, Grangie's house. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so you're exactly right, Joy, is what happens to that that sadness or the loss of those customs and traditions. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the part where we say, honor your body. Yes. Like it's okay for your body to be sad that you can't go to granny's house anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And for you to get to work and realize, Oh, I would normally text my spouse <laughs> to mm-hmm. say, Hey, I made it to work and now I can't because she died. Right. And right. And I, and I normally wouldn't even think about that. Right. <laughs> just, it's just a text message, but now I just can't do it mm-hmm. because she, cause she died and I can't get to, I won't see her anymore. And so recognizing what happens to my body when that my body itself is missing something and that that's okay. I think that's the big part. So I often, I think I was listening to another podcast where you're talking about pain or talking about how pain always demands an audience. Mm-hmm. And so if we think about, okay, grief happens, I lose someone or this devastating event has happened to me and I try to ignore the pain that the loss has caused me. Mm-hmm. And now I find myself like drinking more, eating a little bit more, mm-hmm. sleeping a little bit more than normal. Mm-hmm. Like my body is trying to demand an audience with me. Right. Yeah. Right. It's like, look at me, see me. Pain has to be seen. It has to be heard. It also has to be experienced. Yeah. And then it has to be validated. And organized. Yeah. yeah. Like, I need someone to respond to my pain. Mm-hmm. And so my body will be like, drink more, eat more, sleep more. (laughs) Right. Because you're not you're not responding to it. Mm -hmm. You're not doing anything with it. And so in those moments that I become triggered to think about when I think about my granny that I lost when I was about 15, 16. I have to be able to slow down Mm -hmm. and listen to what my body is trying to tell me. Like, I can still remember playing cards with her. I can still remember helping her wipe dust all of the pictures in her front room. Um, I can still remember how she was a stickler about making up the bed because (laughs) she used to be a nurse at a hospital. And there was always a certain way it had to be done perfectly. Like, I remember all those things. And then to remember when she took her last breath, to remember her being on hospice in her own home. Um, and a different bed that was not her bed that I remember sleeping in with her mm-hmm. when I was little. Like my body remembers that. And I think that is the part where we just hope that like we're all able to just honor, honor our bodies mm-hmm. and recognize that like whatever culture you identify with, like we all have really healthy ways of viewing death and loss and then, and maybe we have some ways that, like, we may need to challenge. We may right. need to say, like, hey, it's okay if I don't do it this way anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and some of those, I think, for all of us is really just ignoring the fact of what happened. Not talking about it um, or only talking about the good things. Yes. <laughs> um, just really, what I said before, ignoring the pain. Because I think we think that if I feel this too much, it will consume me. And then I won't be able to get up and get the kids ready. I won't be able to do anything. I won't be able to go to work. Because if I really stop and experience this grief, acknowledge the loss, I'm going to fall apart. The research says you won't. Right. It's actually the opposite of that, right? 
research tells us that if we don't process and organize that pain, that grief, then that's how we get things like clinical depression. Right. It's how you get more stuck. Yes. Yes. <laughs> more yeah. stuck mm-hmm. in these ways of not acknowledging your pain. Right. I think I was reading something that a friend posted online the other day about how the body. So first episode, y'all, we talked about being upregulated and downregulated. And so in the moment that you've experienced loss or some kind of pain, if you're able to share with another safe person, your body immediately starts to downregulate. Mm-hmm. It immediately starts to get to a place of more comfort and peace because it's making connection. Right. In one of our integrates, I believe it was um, Ryan Reyna that when he said it takes six times longer to downregulate by yourself than it does to co-regulate. That just always sticks with me. Co-regulate means like if I'm sitting here next to you right now, Joy, and I share with you that, oh, my goodness, um, my water bottle spilled all over my car on my way here and it got on something that was really important to me and you're able to catch me in that space and validate and empathize so then all that tension that I might have been feeling just you sitting here and listening to me and responding I might my body will start to just feel less heavy less anxious and just feel better versus if I'm by myself then that means my body's working six times harder to, to calm down. down. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So we see this even in children. Right. I think about my toddler. He's mm-hmm. not a toddler. I guess he's six now. So I should call him a toddler. <laughs> I love that. I think about him. And when he gets really upset, he is like at a 10 because he can't find a shoe. Mm-hmm. And if I if I tell him, like, go find your shoe by yourself and figure it out, he stays up regular. <laughs> yeah. Or even if you tell him to calm down. Right. He stays like up. But if I get in his face, I'm like, OK, baby, let's do this together. Mm-hmm. Just look at me. We got this. He starts taking deeper breaths. Mm. He's like, OK, I can't remember where I put it. And then we mm. go find the shoot. And I see him immediately get mm. a little bit more calm. A I little love bit that. Quicker, right. So co-regulation means. How do I share my pain with another safe person Mm -hmm. to help me get to a place of feeling safe internally? And so that's a really big part, which and I think culturally and I think this is true no matter what culture you identify with. We always think I should do these things alone. Yes. It should just be me. I think that's across the board. I think you're right with that. Right. Mm -hmm. Like so and so died. I lost that job and I really shouldn't tell anybody about it. I better figure it out by myself because now everybody's going to look for me to say like, well, have you started looking for a job now? What's right. next? What are you going to do next? Have you thought about this? Dana, can I send you that? <laughs> like, so then that shame comes online, right? Like I should be better. I need to hide more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this idea of like grief and culture, I think, yes, <laughs> like I said, I think every culture has a way of honoring the dead. Um, but then we all have a way of like isolating ourselves with our own grief with our own pain, with our own stories of loss. And if you could actually find safe people <laughs> to share that with, you will actually make more progress mm-hmm. than doing it alone. Don't go alone. Don't process grief by yourself. Oftentimes when I'm working with clients um, in grief, I often tell them like, all right, who's in your tribe? And they're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, who are the people who can know really what's going on like okay yay hey yeah you got me I'm glad I'm here I can walk you through this I have the clinical skill to process this with you great but I will not be enough 
mm-hmm. period. I won't be enough for you. And so I literally make my clients think through like three people <laughs> that they get to call and talk to for when their grief gets triggered. They need safe people who can say they can say to them like, hey, I'm really mad at God that this happened. Yeah, I feel like he failed me. Like I always tell my clients like God is big enough. He can handle all of that. Like, Please be mad at God. <laughs> like that does not change anything <laughs> about right. who God is. Right. Please be mad. Mm-hmm. Please. Because your pain has to be acknowledged. It has to be experienced. It has to be responded to. And so I want people to be mad at whoever they need to be mad at to get to the other side of that. And so, I don't know, I just hope that we've kind of hit that ball, hit that point really big for all of us. That culture has really good ways of honoring loss and death. But also, (laughs) please don't do this alone. As we think about ending this episode, I know that, Denisha, you took a training on grief recently. Um, And I really liked, can you tell me a little bit about, like, you made this point about how the trainers say grief is not just about uh, saying goodbye, Mm -hmm. but it's about saying hello in a new way. Tell us a little bit about what that means. Um, I love that. From what I took away from that is, I think oftentimes that, and again, that's that when that rigidness comes online, because we feel like. It is saying goodbye. Like we don't want to let go to that person that we lost. Right. But if we reframe that in a way of it's not goodbye, it's hello again. And I can introduce that hello again by objects that I have and how I memorialize that person, honoring that person, um, doing things that I know that person would be proud of um, or something that they didn't have a chance to do. And I know that they really wanted to do it. And um, so just keeping that person alive in those ways, it's so important. Yeah. And that makes me personally feel like, okay, I can let go and say, hey, because it's not a goodbye. So I can grieve appropriately because I'm not losing that person in the emotional sense, in that spiritual sense. If that Does that make sense? Yeah. I love what you said about memorializing. I think mm-hmm. that's a good word to kind of uh, like just to kind of like sum up that it's not goodbye, it's hello again. It's all these different ways that I get to see them um, in my everyday life. Um, It really made me think about my grandma. So my grandma, um, she did not like that I was homeschooled for high school. It was like the one thing she hated. Uh, And when I graduated from college, I just remember having this moment um, outside and we're taking pictures and just looking up at the sky and just thinking like, see, I did it. Like, I know it wasn't like real school, right? <laughs> the way that you think about it, but like I did it. Mm. And then when I got my master's, like mm-hmm. I just like this is this moment, like it is making me tearful right now. Just thinking about it, but like all these moments of like just showing her, like I did this thing, mm-hmm. um, and I still got far, and I still did these really cool things. Right. And I'm so glad um, that I got to do it, but. Those have been like my little moments of like saying hello again yeah. to her. Yeah, because um, each time, every day that you were in day. homeschool succeeding, you were saying hello again. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. love that. So it's it's really cool. Um, I love that idea. Memorializing the person or even the the event. Mm-hmm. Um, what have I learned from this, from losing this thing or not being able to go to that thing? Uh, the, the other thing that we would say is another like tangible skill is what we said before, honoring your body's way of processing the grief. Um, so you will hear us talk about the body a lot. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> a lot. And 
a very tangible way it's just really give, making space for that in your body recognizing that um your body's feeling sad so i just did it right there right i said even talking about my granny right now i can feel myself getting feeling tearful i could feel like my heart my body was getting a little bit warmer um and so just being able to honor um, and tell your body like this is okay this makes perfect sense that i feel tearful talking about my granny and talking about the things that I knew that were important to her. And even if we disagreed, <laughs> um, I still wanted to honor her. And so recognizing what's happening in your body. The other thing that is really tangible is um, at the place that we work at the Joshua Center, uh, Ryan Reyna always says, schedule your grief. <laughs> and so we just say, give it a time, give it a place just sit with it. Um, there is a thing you could do like call like top tens and you just write down the top 10 things that are making you feel happy or sad about the thing that you lost. And you're just giving your body time to just kind of sit with it and process it back and forth. You can go back and forth between the good and the bad. Um, but really, it's just being able to put it down somewhere. Right. And you're building that muscle, right? And your body mm-hmm. starts to realize, okay, like, hey, she's going to stop and check in with me today. Yes, right. So mm-hmm. I literally mean, like, set a timer on your phone. Mm-hmm. Like, all I have is 10 minutes to give to this. Right. So I'm just going to give myself 10 minutes. And I'm going to write down these things that I'm feeling or thinking or missing about my loved one. Um, and I'm just going to write it down. And, and sometimes I tell clients just, like, to – to throw it away. Like after you do it, throw it away. Um, and then the thing that I tell them to do after that is check in with your tribe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like just a text message to the people that know you, love you, and know how hard this has been for you. Just saying, hey, today's a really hard day. And again, what the body does, like even just sending the text, like helps your body down regulate. But if any of them actually text you back and just say, hey, I'm thinking of you. That too helps your body mm-hmm. to be seen. And mm-hmm. they don't even know all the things you just did for the last 10 minutes. Like if you shed a tear or whatever, like they don't know all of that, right? It's just a quick little message. And that connection is reconnecting to your safe group of people that helps your body to downregulate. So give it a time, give it a place, organize it, make it make sense. You have good reasons to be sad, angry, overwhelmed, um, and it's okay. And and this was the last one really was connecting with safe others. Um, we should always highlight how our body needs connection. And so I think about that, how we were talking about those maladaptive ways, right, of comforting ourselves. Like that was a way for your body to get connection. <laughs> it was getting mm-hmm. some type of connection with a substance or food or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so now we're saying replace it right. with people that love you and care about you who can come and be part of your tribe mm-hmm. and give your body the comfort and the connection, the understanding that it needs to mm-hmm. say, hey, this makes sense. It's okay. You can cry with me. I can sit with you. Mm-hmm. It's okay. And even for the people that feel like they don't have a tribe, right? Because sometimes I hear people say, yeah, but I don't have anyone. Literally, I feel like I don't have anyone. So Change to what other things do you have? Do you have exercise? Um, Do you have gardening? What other things do you have that comfort you in healthy ways? Yeah, I love that point, right, of 
how do you just find safe connection? I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of research um, that would back up the idea of, I love what you said about, about gardening, just being outside in nature. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people feel really safe just being outside. Yes. Sometimes feel people feel a lot of comfort being like in the middle of the woods or watching the waterfall. Um, and so if I, I think when, when I was going through something really hard, I had someone say, like, get your feet in the grass and reconnect to the earth. Like, you are alive, you are well, you are here. And just like having these like tangible things, like your, the physical body needs connection again. Um, so whatever that can look like for you, um, make it make it happen. And And if you really are alone and you don't have a tribe, then we would say find a therapist. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Find a therapist, find someone to support you, mm-hmm. join a club or something like Yeah. We were community not created groups. to be alone. Yeah. I'm sorry, Anything. I'm You're fine. No, yeah. Community groups, any any type of group where you can find safety. Mm-hmm. Um, we were not created to do any of this by ourselves. So find your people. As always, we always end with gratitude because we believe this is a really good, important practice to help sustain resiliency. So, Denisha, what are you grateful for today? Um, as always, I'm grateful for KUAF and this opportunity and their support. I'm also thankful for um, the past few years, my family has experienced a lot of loss. Um, my brother, my grandee, um, my niece and my nephew. And so I'm just grateful for just being able to say hello again to them. That's huge. I'm really glad you said that. I know that's hard. Um, and it has been hard for your family. And as you see me taking deeper breaths. Yeah. <laughs> Joy's feeling that in her body right now. Always. Um, I'm also really grateful just for this moment to remember my granny mm. and just be able to remember that like she was here. She lived, she breathed, she took up space, she took up a lot of space in my heart. Um, and I hope that she can like just see me love on my kids mm. and everything mm-hmm. the way that I felt like she loved on me. I feel like there's so many things I do with them right now that are because of how I saw her like clean up the house and how important that was to her and how important making her bed was to her and, and all these things. And so I'm grateful for that. Hello again today. Thank you for sharing that joy. Like with you, the things you said about your grandma, the way you memorialized her, I feel like I just have a little bit more insight of who she was and how she's impacted you. I love that. Thanks. Well, y'all I'm joy McGowan. I'm Denisha Simpson, and and we are Resilient Resilient Black Black Women. Thanks for coming to the podcast again, y'all. We are so glad that people keep showing up and just listening to our voices. (laughs) If anything stuck out to you today, please go ahead and tag us on Instagram. You can follow us at resilientblackwomen underscore O-R-G, resilientblackwomen underscore O-R-G. And you can just let us know, like, hey, like, this really hit me, um, and how this episode really impact you. We love to continue to create conversation about grief and healthy coping. See y'all soon. Black women survive they push and shun away. They the most educated, so listen to what your mama say. Most beautiful, might I say. That's why they copy all her ways. That's why they sit and they stare. But don't let them touch your hair. Those roots were formed for you were even here.